It's time to run the pass. Today's guest is Michael Muhammad. Michael is the CEO of Chronic Tacos. They have a large presence in California, but really they've expanded all over uh, the world, really in Canada and Japan. We're going to get into some great conversation today, you know, how he's managing through the pandemic, what his corporate culture looks like, and into some of his biohacks and his workout and, and how to keep fit as a CEO. So without further ado, welcome, Michael. How are you doing today? I'm doing good. How are you doing? I'm doing really well. Um, you know, before we get into it, people can't see, but you have a really cool Muhammad Ali, uh, looks like a painting right behind you. Um, are you a big boxing fan or what's, what's the story behind that? I'm a Muhammad Ali fan. That's why I ask. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a boxing fan, but I would say I'm a big Muhammad Ali fan. That was actually given to me by my brother. Um, in my office at work, I've got a, 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 a print as well that I, I got from my father. And uh, I think just growing up, I just. I really enjoyed, I really admired what he stood for and his work ethic. So it was, it's, he's definitely a hero of mine. Yeah, mine too. Mine too. I'm a, I'm a huge boxing fan. And, and uh, you know, when I go back now as I'm older and I look at the man beyond the boxing, I realize just, you know, what an incredible uh, man he was and, you know, so far ahead of his time. Um, anyway, we digress. I was cool as a kid having somebody with that name and me having Muhammad as a last name. It was just something you could relate to. Yeah. Uh, it's a pride about so i've been a fan of this forever very cool so you know i, I wanted to uh just jump right into it and so for people that don't know um you know you're the the ceo of chronic tacos um and you don't have a very large presence in texas and right now that's where most of my audience comes from uh but i know you have a i know you have a presence in california uh, i saw that you have some things in japan i saw you have some things in canada you know can you just kind of give us a brief overview of what the company is and what you do sure uh, and we do have a we have a presence in Texas. We have one store uh, we opened a couple of years ago, and that's in Montgomery, Texas. And we are hoping to continue to expand into Texas. We really um, feel it's a good market for us. Not unlike California, you know, they have a real, I think, uh, passion about Mexican food, and and uh, I think that's really where it stemmed from in California, um, especially in Southern California. It was uh, founded in 2002, a uh, couple of buddies uh, that were living in Newport Beach, living down by the beach, really enjoyed like the taqueria style uh, food, you know, that you could get here that you couldn't really get anywhere else. And they wanted to kind of elevate that. They wanted something more fun, something with an atmosphere. So they, they used uh, these recipes they got from family friends. They were third generation recipes, uh, really authentic. And they wanted to kind of meld that in with a vibe, you know, with music playing, real local feel, somewhere fun, somewhere where they would want to hang out, somewhere they wanted to go. And that kind of grew from there. And it's that Southern California uh, vibe, I think, that's at the core of who we are. You know, we always refer to the taco life and living the taco life. And it's really about embracing the individuality of yourself um you know we embrace the individuality of everyone and uh just living your life to the fullest so you said living the taco life correct yes yeah so how does that tie into the company culture i'm a, I'm, a, I'm really big into uh corporate culture or company cultures and in my case kitchen culture um so how does the taco life permeate into that um into that workplace culture you know, it's really about the food and the personality and it's, you know, 
tacos is obviously where we started Mexican food always making sure that that is on point that is obviously what we do for a living um, it's it's why we're here it's to is to provide great food provide unique tasting food high quality but you know something that is I believe a good value for people and then incorporating that into just lifestyle and you know for us you know we have that Southern California vibe it's you know it's it's really like a positive vibe in our office. We really embrace each, all the differences and the different personalities that uh, come in. And we, we see that in our communities as well. So, you know, whether we're in the, involved with the music scene, concerts, events, um, surf, skate, you know, we really, it's about living your life to the fullest, whatever that is. Um, and obviously enjoying tacos. So it's uh it's it's kind of combining the, that lifestyle with the food. So I read somewhere, and uh, you know, one of one of your your interviews that uh, there's an acronym. I believe it's tacos, and it, it kind of each each one has like a, a very specific uh, element into the workplace culture. Is that is that correct, or was that just is that was that just for what I read? Yeah, yeah, it is. And you know, we we talk about it as like teamwork, accountability, um, you know, creativity optimism service like those are those are the main things and and really um you know that is kind of what it's about we're a team we work together it's all about putting uh out a team effort nobody is successful without their team uh accountability and just do you know following through on what you say you're going to do um creativity is really about uh you know finding a solution um and whatever that is, think outside the box. Um, and then optimism and open-minded. We really have uh, taken that, the O in the talk was to be an open-minded, especially in the last, as you see in the last couple of years, how things have been. And, and we've always been, that's always been a part of our culture. And, and we, we really wanted to make sure that we embrace that as a part of our culture. And then service oriented to our, our franchisees, to our customers and really to each other. Now, correct me if I'm wrong, but you you initially got your start in the real estate business. Is that the family business, or, or am I, did I read that incorrectly? Uh, yeah, well, actually, I mean, if you go back, I was involved in a family business. We were in the forest industry, so I worked in engineering, sales. I kind of actually started up working in a logging camp and uh, eventually worked uh, way up to sales. It was a family business, but there was no shortcuts there, so. Learned a lot of uh, learned how to work hard and and really pay your dues and from there we uh, when we exited out of that my father had passed away in two thousand five and you know my brothers and I had a passion for uh, getting into other businesses we did uh, real estate development and from there invested in other companies and that's kind of how we got involved with Chronic Tacos they were expanding up into Canada. And as they were expanding into Canada, we helped finance them. Uh, we got to really take a deep, deep dive into the business. I really got to know Randy, who's the founder. And through that relationship, we, you know, we discovered that, hey, you know, there's something big we could do here. We've got a certain skill set on our end um, that I think we could bring. Obviously, we didn't, we weren't food guys, but we were on the structural strategic side. We, uh, you know, on the real estate side development. Uh, we really felt we could bring a lot to the table and um, 
you know, take it to the next level, really focus the brand, really focus our uh, initiatives. So, um, yeah, that's how we got involved. That was back in 2011, 12. So you, you had a store, uh, your first store was in, in Vancouver, is that correct? Well, actually, we helped finance a franchisee who was coming up there. So there was a, uh, it was a friend of ours who was opening the stores and uh, we really loved the concept. We really thought it was unique, especially to Vancouver at the time. There really wasn't any other fast, casual Mexican restaurant. And uh, so we wanted to help him get going. And as we got into it, we saw the bigger picture with the franchise system and the opportunity to really grow it. I think at the time, you know, there was 24 locations, um, you had a couple different models going. And we just thought, you know, there's a really an opportunity to scale this. I spent a few months in Vancouver working. Um, you know, th there's a fair amount up there. There's several fair months up there. But um, I remember when I was there, I just thought that the food scene in Vancouver was so incredible, such a melting pot of, you know, uh, you know, so many different cultures. You could find great Indian food. You could find great Chinese food uh, anywhere you went. But the one thing I couldn't find in Vancouver was Mexican food when I was there. At least, at least I couldn't find it. Um, so I, I could see why you needed it. Yeah, it was a latecomer, really. I think the the uh, Mexican food scene really didn't come in until 2010. Uh, you know, I'd say in the last 10 years, there's been more and more uh, of those stores opening. But at the time, yeah, there really wasn't anything, especially that more authentic. You had your standard, uh, you know, where you order a plate special with an enchilada and a taco and, you know, just a big plate in a sit-down restaurant and get a sugary margarita. But this was more of the taqueria style, authentic flavor, you know, fish tacos, carnitas, al pastor, something different. And um, that's something we were able to bring up there. Yeah, I, I think when I was in Vancouver, I drank a lot of margaritas at the Iron Cactus, if, I, if I'm not mistaken. I think that was the name of the place. But anyway, um, so just while we're on the subject, so you 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 come down you and your brothers you start uh, you you merge with the company and then you acquire the company is that is that what happened yeah we acquired um a majority stake in the company uh, uh we still have partners uh the original founders have uh shares and then we also have a partner Jason Acuna who's a wee man from Jackass okay uh, <laughs> he was involved before we got involved and he's uh he's been a partner with us for a number of years so they all have a uh, still maintain a share, and and we have we acquired the majority, and so at the time, uh, I wasn't sure if I was going to move down or not. You know, we we, looked, we were kind of assessing what could be done, um, and then as we got into it, we just saw that there was really an opportunity to just kind of shake things up. We we stopped franchising. We rebuilt the whole. Uh, platform from operating manuals, trading manuals, uh, brand statements, uh, marketing, uh, focusing in on our marketing and uh, design of our restaurant. And we so we opened a couple of restaurants. And then in 2015 is when we, we said, OK, let's start, you know, 14, 15. We started opening up to franchising again. And um, so we've been growing since then. So let's fast forward a little bit. Now now we're, you know, coming out of a pandemic, maybe going going back into a pandemic, who knows? Um, hopefully not. Hopefully not. Uh, what, are, what are some of the, the lessons that you learned along the way? And, you know, what are some of the things that you implemented that probably won't go away that you learned through the process? 
the process through the pandemic or yeah. the process? Both. Um, well, I think the number one thing I learned is just uh, the importance of having a really strong team. And uh, we had a really, we've got a really strong corporate team, very dedicated, very uh, knowledgeable. And when we went through this, you know, it was all hands on deck, especially if you go back to April and May of last year, March, April, May. I mean, there were so many unknowns and our guys were on top of it, working with our franchisees um, and making sure that they had all of the tools they needed to navigate through this, making sure that supply chains were intact, uh, analyzing everything. We were fortunate that we were already ahead of the game when it came to online and third-party sales. So that actually grew. And um, our franchisees were progressive with that. And, you know, I, I, you know, our franchisees were really strong through this. Um, they really buckled down, the, you know, to do what they had to do um, in order to keep the doors open, essentially, at first. And then as things opened up, they were able to take advantage and slowly see increase in sales. Um, so we had a really strong team, strong team, strong franchisees. Um, and I think that is why, you know, through that, you know, we've we've managed to be successful and and I think as I as we look through that, it's it's just looking back at it really opens your eyes to what's important. You can get sidetracked with a lot of projects and a lot of different initiatives. And when you're honed in to be really focused on what makes you successful, uh, I think that brings you back to the to the back to the table and just being very realistic about what can get done. What do we need to manage through at this point? You almost take like a military style approach to it is in dealing with like this is stuff we got to deal with now that to survive here are strategic projects that we need to uh, follow through over the next year. And um, I think that brought us back into uh, being more focused and, and getting in, in a way more accomplished. So as we look at this, we've taken a lot uh, when it comes to efficiencies, efficiencies of our menu, um, learning uh, a lot about labor costs and how to manage to that, which is, is continues to be a challenge finding holes in supply chain and, and, and making sure that we fix those. And I think the biggest thing was, you know, dealing, working through online delivery, uh, third-party delivery, online ordering, having those platforms working. Uh, we've seen, you know, I think pretty strong growth in that. I mean, we were already doing it and, and we've just in the last year online has increased 40%. Our third party has increased 30%. Obviously, online is where we want. That is where we have more margin than the third party. But the third party has been an important factor for our business. Yeah, it seems like, um, you know, if there, if there was one thing that we all learned in the pandemic is just how to how to get food quicker, how to get our groceries through an app. And, you know, everyone all of a sudden became, you know, very tech savvy. Even, even you know, my dad knows how to, uh, you know, order his grocery stores now where, you know, I don't even know if he knew how to turn on his phone before the pandemic. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, we've definitely seen an increase in app usage. We've seen an increase in online. It's been a, it's been a driving force for our, our overall growth. I mean, you know, our sales year over year, when we're looking at it now, you know, we're up on average 8%, but we've got stores up 20 plus percent. So it's, uh, uh, and you see a lot of that in, in this online usage. And, and you know, we're, we're set up already for to go. So we were able to pivot pretty quickly to having to shut down dining rooms, having to 
really focus on uh, delivering uh, a good product uh, to go, which is, you know, you have to take that into account. You know, it's, you want to make sure that when that product gets to the, to the home, that's still the product that they would expect if they were eating it at the restaurant. Mm-hmm. Um, so where do you see, you know, the, the company going in the future? What, what do the next couple of years look like? You know, we're still focused on growth. Um, we have uh, restaurants opening. We've opened uh, two, two already this year. We've got three more set to open this year. Um, so we're, we're, continue to focus on expansion, growing the franchise model. Um, but we really, we're really excited about kind of, as we come out of this, get back to who we are. You know, we do a lot in the community. We do a lot of events throughout the year. We get involved with concerts and um, different community events. And, you know, obviously during the pandemic, not being able to do that is, is you know, just for, I think our own culture has not been, the most fun. And so we're excited to get back to that. Um, we're excited about growth. Uh, you know, again, we are, you know, we're very focused right now on operating margins and working with the restaurants we have because, you know, we're seeing issues with labor shortage and the cost of labor. We're seeing uh, supply chain issues. Um, so we have to manage through that, uh, manage menu pricing, manage menu specials, manage a lot of things that ultimately impact that bottom line. Got it. You know, I, I want to take, uh, you know, the, the time to kind of get to know you a little bit more. What makes you, what makes you tick? Um, you know, what's your leadership style like? And, you know, some of the lessons that you've learned along the way, you know, I would ask, what is one of the biggest things that you know now that you wish you knew at the beginning of this process? What are some of the biggest uh, challenges that you said, okay, moving forward, let's not ever do that again? Um, you know, I think you're, I've, I believe you're always learning things. So it's always hard to just say, well, this is the biggest thing I've learned. I think, uh, patience is probably what has been the uh, biggest learning experience in having to navigate through so much coming at you so fast and knowing that you've got the team, you've got the support in place and you've got to be patient and, you know, these things will work themselves out. So as you continue to see issues as they're coming up, it's, it's important as a leader to be patient, uh, to really understand that these things, there's a process. And if you're working hard at it and you're managing through all these things and you're looking at all the angles, you know, these things will work out and you don't want to hit the panic button right away and, and get, you know, um, freaked out and, and, you know, kind of see the glasses half empty. And, you know, there's a lot of things I think restaurant owners have gone through. And, and for me as a leader, it's, it's important for me to be uh, calm and patient and really positive on, on where we're going. What do you, what do you do? Do you, do you do anything to help maintain your calmness and your patience? How do you, how do you cultivate that within? Or is that just something, uh, you know, that's innate to you? Uh, no, I would not say that's innate to me. I think that's been a process of uh, learning for over the years. Um, age helps, I'm sure, age and experience. But uh, I, you know, for me, it's important. I, I have a lot of daily practices, whether it's working out, meditation. Um, just I think uh, what I really learned going through is just being is is having gratitude and recognizing that gratitude every day. Gratitude for your team. Gratitude for where we're at. 
when you can see so much going on in the world. And I think if you take the time to be, uh, to really disconnect, keep yourself healthy, I think disconnect, keep your mind healthy, and then, you know, really be grateful for, for where you're at. That helps, I think, put things in perspective. Hmm. You know, I, I, I also, you know, um, do have a mindfulness routine and try to exercise. I, you know, I get sucked into work sometimes and I, I find the excuse button really easy. Um, but I, I would say that for me, in my case, and, you know, it's kind of a question as well. In my case, I noticed that that's probably the biggest game changer for, for my mental state, for my attitude. It has to probably be a, some sort of mindfulness practice. Um, do you, do you find that same thing as well? Yeah, for sure. Um, I think having a mindfulness practice and just, um, you know, keeping health, uh, a priority. I mean, you know, that, you know, to me, having a healthy body, creates a healthy mind. And um, if you don't have that, I think then you, you really, then you can be subject, subject to the fear around you. And I think if you are taking steps, you know, taking steps to, to keep yourself healthy physically and mentally, you can, uh, you can eliminate a lot of those fears. So what is that morning workout routine? Like people want to know what's the, what's, what's the workout of Michael Muhammad. They want to get in shape like you, you look great over there. What, what's the, what's the routine look like? Uh, it varies, but, uh, you know, I, I'm like everybody else who in April last year had to give up their gym membership and was probably one of the first people to order a Peloton and, uh, have one of those set up in my, my makeshift den. Um, and then I've, I've tried all sorts of things because, you know, you really time's a factor, space is a factor. I, uh, but what I do try to be is consistent. So I wake up every morning, either I live near the beach, I can go for a walk on the beach. Uh, I can then come home, work out or do the Peloton, but whatever it is, I try and do and try and get in an hour as much as I can. I've got kettlebells here. I've got bands and, you know, you get creative and, and mix it up a little. So. Um, but I, I, every morning, uh, is, uh, a workout and, uh, the, one of the things I did pick up over the last year is my brother and I got into golf again, which I hadn't been doing for a long time. And I think just being out there and having something else to focus on is both, uh, it's probably not the most physical activity, but I think it's really get some vitamin D. Yeah. It gets your mind going. It, It keeps you. Uh, it's like something nice to do outside of, it gives you a break. So, so yeah, I, I, I try and, uh, work out every day. Um, I've got, you know, I've got kettlebells from on it. I've got these, uh, I should be getting a sponsorship from these guys. <laughs> I've, got a, I've got this X3 bar with bands that gives you a full workout and anything where I read that this, this could be a hack to, to, to limit the amount of time I, I have to work out and still get, uh, a workout in I'm I'm all all about. Yeah, I'm I'm very much the same way. I, any any opportunity, you know, I, I used to I used to be a, an amateur fighter, and so any little thing that you could do to have a small competitive advantage, you you do it. Um, now that I don't fight and I'm a chef, uh, you know, any any little thing I could do to have a competitive advantage at life, I try to do it. So. Uh, you know, whether I'm, I'm always looking for the latest and greatest biohacker, you know, mental hacker, physical, even computer hack these days. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm the same way. I'm always looking at different ways to either heal my body quicker. I bought a infrared sauna. I use that every day. Uh, I think that's been really good. I think it's helped, you know, in terms of keeping me healthy and 
I've looked at uh, ozone therapy and um, I do all sorts of stuff. I did, you know, just try and stay uh, injury free and uh, and healthy. I was doing jujitsu with my son for the first half, but you know, a year goes by and they grow a lot faster than I do. And I, <laughs> I had to give that up. It was, it was, it was running the risk of injury and, and uh, hurting my golf game. So. Yeah. 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 It's, it's funny that uh, those, those injuries, especially, you know, you start getting older, uh, what used to heal overnight, all of a sudden, you know, I, I'm still feeling it a week or two later. Yeah. Uh, for sure. <laughs> uh, um, but uh, the one thing that I've been doing recently, you know, I'm a, I'm a big wimp. Uh, when it comes to the ice baths, but so I'm just, I'm just starting out with cold showers, like just a cold shower. The, the ice bath is, you know, that's, that's the next step. I'll evolve into that. But right now the cold showers uh, seems to be doing wonders for uh, inflammation. Yeah. I've, I've definitely uh, played with the idea of the ice bath, but it, it, it does look a little grueling. <laughs> yeah, <it is. laughs> so what, one, one thing at a time. One thing at a time. Well, uh, Michael, it was it was great to have you on. It's great to learn a little bit more about your company. Uh, I, I, by the way, I think this taco uh, business would do excellent in Austin. It's like tailor made, uh, you know, for for chronic tacos. You know, everything that I see, it's like, yeah, this this eight. Austin, Texas needs to be your next stop if it's not on your mind already. Yeah, I love Austin. I, I've been there once and uh, I really enjoyed it. And I think you have a lot of people from California there now, yeah. so uh, it, it would definitely have some name recognition right away. Yeah, I, I think. Uh, yeah, we. I think uh, Elon Musk and, and Joe Rogan are, are looking for for their uh, chronic taco fix, probably. Well, hopefully we'll be there soon. Well, Michael, thank you so much. It was, it was a, a pleasure. And uh, if you're ever in Austin, please look me up. I, I'd, lo I'd love to take you out and maybe we can get tacos here. Absolutely. Well, hopefully we get to do that soon. All right. Take care, Michael. All right. Thanks.